0: Hello, this is the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm Sean Harwell.
1: And I'm Craig Moorhead, and this is the podcast where we talk about the movies that have slipped through our cracks and yours.
0: Collective cracks. Mm -hmm. We have a a pretty fun movie today to talk about. Uh, As always, you can find us online at Facebook. You can check us out on Twitter at Never Podcast. And you can check our website out at neverheardpodcast.com. Excellent. Excellent. Craig. How are you doing?
1: I'm all right, Sean. I'm all right. I'm ready uh, to get back
0: into uh, watching movies
1: and talking about movies.
0: Are you ready to rock and roll like Anthony Michael Hall?
1: Exactly like Anthony Michael Hall. I'm going to bleach my hair and put on large pants.
0: Today's movie then, if that didn't tee it up enough, and I imagine it probably didn't, is called Hail Caesar. Uh, It's from 1994 And obviously, uh, this may confuse some of you because the Coen brothers are just about to release, at the time of this recording, their movie, Hail Caesar, which is actually, I looked today, just to be clear, hail, comma, Caesar, exclamation mark.
1: An interesting, uh, an important distinction.
0: So it's actually hail Caesar. Mm -hmm. Yes. This is just hail Caesar. This movie bears the distinction of being directed by one Anthony Michael Hall, um, one of my absolute favorite actors from my childhood. And I will give you a quick summary, Craig, um, that I found on IMDb. And you tell me what's wrong with it, okay? Will do. Okay, here we go. Caesar is a would-be rock star. But for now, he works at a pencil eraser factory. Soon, he falls in love with the owner's daughter. In order to get her, he bets with the old man that he can make $100,000 in six months.
1: Yeah, you know, that seemed to be a common synopsis <laughs> for this movie. And, and and I did actually read that before I watched it. I didn't go in as purely yeah. as I like to. Right. And and the way that was written, I kept thinking, like, oh, God, this sounds just painfully quirky. Like, mm-hmm. just a guy who randomly works at a r- racer factory. Right. It's like, what? Um. And and but gladly once you get into the actual movie, uh, while it is uh, quirky, certainly it's it's not uh, as quirky as it makes us Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's out of order, and that's enough. It's
0: out of order, absolutely. Way out of order. And uh, so this claims to be written by a man named Steve Rouchet, um, Steve man. I don't know. I think maybe you skipped, like you had your DVD on random or something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what happened there exactly. But anyway, as I mentioned, the movie is directed by Anthony Michael Hall, written by Robert Mittenthal. It stars, along with Anthony Michael Hall, of course, in the title role Mm -hmm. Um, Bobby Phillips, Leslie Dannon, and then has much smaller roles from, we got Sam Jackson in here, we got Judd Nelson. We have a very, very memorable. Uh, RDJ, Robert Downey Jr., and Nicholas Pryor plays a big role. Um, I guess he's a big soap opera actor and, and probably been in a, a Thousand Things, and also Frank Gorshin makes an appearance who... Do you remember Frank Gorshin? I had oh, to look yeah. him up. I, then, actually,
1: my, the first uh, note on my pad here is Frank Gorshin! Exclamation point.
0: Yes, that and how do you excited. know him?
1: Uh, he uh, he was the Riddler, right?
0: The Riddler, From Batman, yes. Yeah. I totally did not click pretty small role in the movie, but uh, uh, again, a pretty memorable one. Um, And and and, I would say
1: uh, also Robert Downey Sr.,
0: who makes an appearance as the butler. Ah, that's right, Craig. Well, I was going to pull out one bit of uncredited trivia on you and uh, say that Cato Kalin is also in this movie. Yes, Cato. I also have a Cato exclamation (laughs) point. They got the exact same reaction as Frank Gorshin. Well, now what's interesting about that is this movie, right, was apparently released on May eleventh, nineteen ninety four. Mm-hmm. O. J. Simpson, which is the only reason any of us know Cato Kaelin, yes. right? Was not arrested until June nineteen ninety four. Yeah. That's a pretty big coup for for Anthony Michael Hall to have Cato in your movie Agreed. Right around that time. Yeah. I mean I'm surprised they couldn't capitalize on it slightly more.
1: And that was one of definitely one of those moments in the movie where uh yeah, I started thinking about the time that this came out. You know, there, there's a similar thing with uh, Samuel Jackson, who that's yeah. Year's Pulp Fiction. And it's like, really,
0: we're going to get to that uh, in in a little more sure, detail sure. here in a second. Both of us had never heard of this movie because this is a listener suggestion, and today's suggestion came from my friend and former coworker Nancy Putnam. So, Nancy, thank you. Um, she's listening in Denver, and she sent me a message saying uh you got to watch this movie i remember it as being kind of quirky and crazy and robert downey jr standing out significantly and the music was interesting um i've challenged her to revisit that and see what she still thinks um i don't know exactly when she watched it because uh this movie is a little hard to find you're going to have to dig for it um but man uh used dvds appear to be pretty much all over the place yeah. so yeah. uh you got to see this thing Indeed. right I, I, can we I, say that right off the bat
1: I, I, I think we can. Uh, I mean, this is uh, so. Anthony Michael Hall. When I was a kid, you know, if we're talking about the early to mid '80s, somewhat late '80s, Anthony Michael Hall was a bit of a role model for my very very young self.
0: Like, in fact, you use his photo <laughs> yeah. as your bio photo on our website, which was that was done months and months ago. Yes,
1: that's true. I think I, I think I first actually saw him in Vacation. Okay, where he just you know he plays like, rusty a, yeah precocious kid, which is exactly what I wanted to be at the time I guess.
0: <laughs> oh, you were come on uh, so, yes. so uh, yeah. So I was
1: uh, easily easily as witty <laughs> and had as good timing. But I mean that's the thing like as a kid actor, that dude had great timing. He had gr- amazing delivery. Like you look at Sixteen Candles, Vacation, uh, Breakfast Club, he was doing amazing stuff for someone his age.
0: I was thinking the same thing today, and I, I don't think there's anybody that can touch him under 18. Well, not legally. Com- comedy. Yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah. That that. Sorry about that no, no, phrasing. No. That's <laughs> terrible. No, I, I think, yeah, as far as comedic actors at that age, I mean, maybe you would throw Matthew Broderick in there it's sure. only because of Ferris Bueller's, yeah. right? There's nothing else that has that... Um, I I guess you can make a case for Cusack. Um, Maybe Michael Sarah might be the only sort of modern kind of compare. I mean, and like he was. I don't know. It's it's, uh, to me, it's still not even a fair comparison, really. Yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite early Michael Hall movie? I mean, it's it's
1: got to be Breakfast Club.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: I mean that's that's uh yeah, it's a favorite for all kinds of reasons. But uh I think
0: mine is Weird Science. I don't know why, mm-hmm. like I really that's the one I gravitated towards um without knowing who John Hughes was or any of that. I mm-hmm. for whatever, I don't know, maybe I saw that one before Breakfast Club and 16 Candles, but um I I love it so much. Yeah. But all of them, all of them are great.
1: They are. See, and, and I actually think Weird Science for me was kind of where he lost you a, a little bit. Like <laughs> I think a lot of people say that. Yeah.
0: I don't know if it's because it's broader or what.
1: And maybe maybe it is. I, I, and it's not even for the entire movie, but there are there are bits in it where uh, and, and the 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 person I kept thinking about for whatever reason was Eddie Murphy. Where I feel the same way about Eddie Murphy as he went along and he became a bigger and bigger star. It sort of felt like that was following him in the movies. Where so in the movies he became less and less fallible and and sort of uh I don't know he he seemed he seemed uh, he couldn't possibly be an underdog i I, I remember right. there being like sort of later Eddie Murphy movies where that's like, interesting like come on you know yeah like there's no there's no stakes here like you're no longer like a scrappy yeah. guy who's living by your wits, it's like
0: unless he's in like a fat suit or something right
1: right <laughs> yeah um, and I, and i I guess I kind of feel the same way about um Anthony Michael Hall. For some, for whatever reason, it's like he he just started becoming a bigger, bigger star, which he totally deserved. But, but some of those, I don't know, some of that comedy started to lose me a little bit because it just didn't Mm -hmm. feel like he was playing a person. It was like he's playing himself
0: as a star a little bit. So I don't know. Which is a funny way to talk about somebody who was, what, like 17? (laughs) I know. I know. And and really, Um, he
1: doesn't, and really, he doesn't deserve that, I think, at all because mm -hmm. Weird Science is great. I would watch Weird Science in a second. Um, I mean, what what else was he doing after that? He, he did Edward Scissorhands. He was great in that. But we hadn't like I remember when Edward Scissorhands came out. We hadn't seen him in a while,
0: right? I was the same way. He definitely looked different by then. You know, he had sort of grown into his body, um, and I think he's yeah he's listed at six two, so he's a, he's a big dude yeah, yeah. now. And so I don't think yeah it's just it's hard to make that transition obviously for, sure. for a lot of reasons. Um, <clears throat> you would like to think it's a little easier for comedic actors. Yeah. But that's not always the case. No, not um, at all. A couple of interesting things I learned about Anthony Michael Hall today when looking looking into his life a little bit. Uh, he was the youngest cast member ever on SNL. Yeah. Um, 17. 17, that's, 1985. And I remember that run very well. I do too. It was only a year though. Yeah. Because uh, Robert Downey Jr. was mm-hmm. on there as well, right? Yeah. And apparently he left uh, to go to rehab. He was oh, uh, wow, uh, an alcoholic at this point. Yeah. Uh, another one. He apparently was very, very close to landing the role of Private Joker, Matthew Modine, in oh, Full Metal wow. Jacket. Yeah.
1: And he could have, man.
0: He could have pulled that yeah. off. I could see that. Yeah. Um, I think he would have been around 19 at the time. Um, and because this is relevant to the movie, uh, yes, he is a musician, and apparently at one point had a band called No Hall of Mirrors. Oh, okay. <laughs> So let's talk about the plot a little bit, yeah? Let's do it. Okay. We're not going to spend a ton of time talking about the plot today because um, I think there's more interesting things to talk about here. Mm-hmm. Um, as we mentioned, that little synopsis has things a bit out of order, but what you need to know is, yeah, you, you're, it's an interesting opening, um, and again, I'm, I'm mentioning it because it's, it comes back into the plot later on. You're sort of opening on an armless statue of Venus, mm-hmm. right? And there's a guitar, a Fender Stratocaster strapped on there. Um, it appears to be on a stage at a concert somewhere. Hands appear behind it, um, and start playing the guitars, like shredding some blues licks out walks, Anthony Michael Hall with his bleached blonde hair. Um, I think he's, he must've been around 25, 26 when they shot this, yeah. um, just to kind of give you a visual definitely does not look like he did in, in the breakfast club. No. Um, he had already kind of made that physical transition. Yeah. Um, and he starts talking to the camera, about himself, right? right? And he sort of explains that his name is Julius Caesar. Uh, I think it's McGruder. McGruder <laughs> Which I just, I can't even say without saying McGruber, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. it's like, it's so hard to do. Yes, he's saddled with that name because his parents were archaeologists, history buffs. And the name of his band is Hell Caesar. And, you know, to make it in the music biz, you got to have a name and he's got it, right? Right. And so from there, you're kind of cutting back to what the bulk of the movie is, which is he lives in like some – or I don't even know if he lives there. It was a bit unclear to me. Yeah. Like The band, which consists of him, uh, a woman named Annie, I think, mm-hmm. on bass, played by Leslie Dannen, and a hilarious Russian drummer <laughs> named Vlad, right. played by Ilya Volok. <laughs> um, their band is Hell Caesar. They are a trio – I how would you describe their music?
1: It's not really rock it's it's sort of uh it seems like sort of a blues funk like a modern blues funk nineties thing
0: right, and it's so very nineties yeah, like even to the point of like some of his like little hand gestures that he makes when he's singing yeah <laughs> like yeah. the way he like looks up and rolls his eyes as if he's in the music video yeah. you know it's um
1: and and that that was that was sort of my first cringe um, <laughs> it's dated yeah. it's dated well, it, for it's sure. dated and, and and i mean and, and i want to say this mainly to set up how i felt about it later like going okay. into it i was like okay I, I didn't know he had a band called hall of mirrors but i was like he probably has a band and so now this is his yeah. movie where he gets to be a rock star and i was uh-huh. like oh man this is gonna be bad and so and uh <laughs> and and there there's a bit yeah a bit of that performance at the beginning where he's like really you know, like practically humping his his uh microphone stand while he's singing this thing and i'm like oh man you're not you're not a rock and <laughs> roll star you know like this isn't what i like about you as a performer you know i don't want you to yeah. prove to me that you're you know so anyway so that was very uncomfortable right uh, but yeah so and but it goes on and this
0: is Yeah, it does go on. We set up that he's got a Rottweiler named Chaos. Mm -hmm. We set up that Samuel L. Jackson is the mailman in the neighborhood who has to creep up on the doorstep. I mean, this is like, yeah, what, Dennis the Menace. Like, this is such an old thing. You know, um, it's like a 1950s joke. Uh, The dog literally knocks the door off the hinges on top of Sam Jackson, I think, um, in one scene. I don't even remember if it's that one. It doesn't really matter. No, Um, But you get that there's a bit of tension – between the fact that Anthony Michael Hall is in love with a woman named Buffer, and this perhaps is eating <laughs> into the time that he has to practice with this band, which is supposed to be his, and the three of their lives, basically. Right. Okay, and so shortly after this, we were cutting to him in a motorcycle with a side cart, <laughs> driving to a mansion owned by Mr. Bidwell, um, which was the Nicholas Pryor character, um, and this is Buffer's father, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to mess up the order too, but I don't even think it really matters here because he walks into the, you know, there's some setup with B- uh, Bidwell and his lackey um, about how, I think he's an arms manufacturer, Mr. Bidwell. Yes. Um, yes, but they've got this pencil eraser factory as a write-off, and they're actually filtering. They've got a project that, is they're building explosives. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to be in the erasers. Like, I literally got lost in some of that stuff. Well, Again, I don't really think it matters. That
1: that is the plan. Apparently they're okay. going to deliver these pencils to this summit filled with world leaders where all the pencils will have explosives at the end of them. Right. That's as I understand it. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's a better understanding than I have. <laughs> oh, um, yeah,
1: the erasers aren't erasers, they're C4. They're like
0: Okay. Yeah. But that's how the eraser factory will connect to Mr. Bidwell and vis-a-vis Anthony Michael Hall. Right. Um, Mr. Bidwell does not at all like the fact that Anthony Michael Hall is dating his daughter, Buffer. He even says something, oh, I hope they're not sleeping together. You yeah. know, um, Anthony Michael Hall is a loser. He calls him a numb nuts a thousand times, a thousand times. which again will come back into play. They have a conversation in what appears to be like it's like an office or a bar. Or There's a picture of Reagan behind him. There's a football behind Mister Bidwell. Mm-hmm. He's got a pistol in his hand that's loaded, right? Yeah. And he's telling Anthony Michael Hall to stay away from his daughter. What's it gonna take? I'll pay you twenty-five grand, fifty grand. <laughs> he's going up to a hundred grand, right, to pay Anthony Michael Hall not to see his daughter which i'm already just like this is really uncomfortable yeah and also maybe you should just take the money man like that's that's a lot of money
1: also at this point you've met buffer she's horrible she's beautiful she's horrible though she treats him terribly so already you're like what what's what is this
0: yeah, they went on a date which consisted of them sitting in a convertible for no more than two minutes and her complaining about him the entire time, right? Yeah. I mean, that was it. <laughs> oh, and I mean, from the moment he came to pick her up. Yeah. Late. It's
1: terrible. We're not going in your on your motorcycle with your sidecar.
0: Yeah, so you have no idea why they're together. Yes. And then this man is saying they should not be together uh, to the extent that he's willing to pay for it. But my Anthony Michael Hall says, you know, sir, I'm sorry, but... You can't do that. Like I, you know, uh, you can't deny me the right to see your daughter. You might as well kill me. At which point, Mr. Bidwell gets the pistol out and fires it yeah. at Anthony Michael. <laughs> That's right. Who ducks. The whole thing is played comedically, mm-hmm. even though he did literally. Tried to kill him. Yes. Tried, tried to kill yeah. him. He then says, I know I can make you proud. Whatever it takes, I, whatever you whatever you want to bet, I, I will do it. I can make you proud. And so then he changes the conversation to Mister Bidwell, says, "Okay, Sonny, if you can make a hundred grand in six months, you can be with my daughter. Not only that, I'll give you a job." Um, and none of that stuff was connecting for me, no. right? Yeah, I mean it just it didn't it didn't make sense because I was like. Well, is the job gonna pay him a hundred grand? Right. Like how much is the job paying? Because why get a job if it's not gonna pay you a hundred grand? Right. Like how is that helping your 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 problem here? Six months, a hundred grand, is a lot for anybody, let alone this loser.
1: Well, yeah, and you also have my favorite character, which is the dad who owns his daughter yes. and can control who can see her and can't see her.
0: And is selling her in a sense. Right, exactly. Know? Absolutely. I mean like if if you
1: can do this, then okay, I'll let you have her you don't know why they're together you have no idea why he would even, for a second, say, I'll take your bet. I'm not going to take your bet. I, I'm with your daughter. Your daughter loves me. Anyway, extremely confusing why he would even care if this guy was proud of him or not. Yes. There we are.
0: There we are. He's set up in the uh, in the eraser factory, kind of like a Hudsucker proxy vibe it turns out to be yeah. in, in some way. He ends up replacing the floor manager. Um and all the workers hate him. All the workers hate him. The next thing you know, Buffer, the girlfriend, is now complaining that Anthony Michael Hall is working too much as she never gets to see him. So you're again wondering why the hell they're together. Um, there's a big to do about the secret explosive device information being hidden in a computer file called Big Pink. That nobody can seem to hack into, right? (laughs) You know, (laughs) and this is basically the gist of the movie. I mean, that's kind of what what it is for a while. There's a break, like about forty five minutes in, where Anthony Michael Hall. You know, I'm sitting here again wondering the whole time, why are you working a day job if it's not paying you a hundred grand? Like, what? How else are you going to make? And he even says at one point well, you know, if I could just get three or four more jobs like this, I'd be perfect, you know? Yeah. Um, so he gets it in his head that, hey, wait a second. We're a musician. I've made a little bit of money now. What do we do? We record a demo. If we record a demo, we'll get an advance on a record, and that's how I'll pay off the hundred grand. Right. So they go record the demo. You get a very, very extended montage uh, music video um, of the song that they're recording. They start passing out the cassette tapes. This is where you meet Robert Downey Jr. Uh, There's a very lengthy scene. I think we're definitely going to try to work a clip in here if we can get it or we'll put one up on the site because... This is one of the two,
1: for me, this is one of the two must-see scenes of this movie.
0: I hate to say it, but it did, like, you're watching this feeling like I'm not sure anybody was paid in currency other than cocaine. Because... (laughs) I mean, they're just off the wall. He's off the walls bonkers. He is a cartoon character.
1: And my feeling was watching it. Anthony Michael Hall called up Robert Downey Jr. said, "Hey, come to the set for a day. We're gonna make something up." mm -hmm. I'm saying like none of that was scripted. I'll just say that right off the bat. Oh yeah, not a single thing that was definitely
0: improv. Yeah, we'll do our magic. Yeah. Um. He is posing to be a record executive. You find out at the end of the scene. The button on the scene is that no, he just works in the mailroom, and he was just up there in the, in the office for an hour creating havoc yeah. and and you know telling Anthony Michael Hall that the song is really good. So it's sort of back to square one, and yeah, the demo never that never comes up again, like yeah. the music that they made. Fast forward to still trying to figure out what Big Pink is. Mr. Bidwell's lackey, Mr. Bidwell himself finally <laughs> gets it in his head that Anthony Michael Hall is onto him, and so orders his lackey to first kill him, and then no, uh, never mind, just blow up the whole rubber factory. I never liked it anyway, right? right. Do I do I have that right? Close enough. Yeah. yeah. So Anthony Michael Hall is at the factory. The lackey's setting up explosives, and Anthony Michael Hall finally. Figures out the passcode to the big pink file, which of course is numbnuts, because that's what Mr. Bidwell's been calling him. The entire time, yeah. And the factory goes up in flames. Mm-hmm. It blows up. The lackeys running out. The police are there immediately. None of this has any consequence whatsoever, because shortly thereafter that, when Mr. Anthony Michael Hall is now at the bottom of his, his rope, you know, how am I possibly going to stay together with this girl mm-hmm. when her dad tried to blow this up and is behind some very evil thing and I don't have any money, I don't have a job, I don't have a factory. He's walking home. Walking home.
1: <laughs> well, no, wait. He's got... We did, we did skip a moment. He did go to jail.
0: Oh, my God. You're right. Yes.
1: yes. Okay. Because this is, this is the other scene that I, that I really liked. I think at this point, I felt very keyed into what was going on. And I knew were, I knew that I was going to have to let a lot of things go. My own preconceptions of the movie. Yeah. Maybe of myself.
0: Maybe. Probably.
1: But yeah, it's, it, the entire movie is very broad. Mm-hmm. And this scene is no different. They're in jail. Judd Nelson is there. There's some classic Anthony Michael Hall riffing about how tough he is, <laughs>
0: and how he had to kill, he had to kill somebody. Correct me if I'm wrong. He does what appears to be like a, a Ted Kennedy. Yeah, he does like a Boston
1: some- thing, <laughs> which yeah doesn't really make any sense.
0: And then he does sort of like a a very strong like. Like African American accent oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of vibe, yeah.
1: yeah. Once the two other inmates start to sort of fight, yeah, he brings out. But and but but also, I would say that and and you as a Weird Science fan should know that is classic. It is Anthony Michael Hall. That's, but, awesome. that's, that's late eighties Anthony Michael Hall right there.
0: There's a difference yeah. in Weird Science when he's doing that blues voice, that old black man uh-huh. voice. He's in a club. Uh-huh. With old black men. And he's very high. And he's drunk and <laughs> yeah. high. Here, he's just in jail. Uh-huh. It's a Tuesday. Oh, yeah. First thing in the morning. They're just having a conversation. He starts doing yeah. this.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. But the two inmates start to get into a fight. Yeah. And damn, I can't even remember what it was. Do you remember what the fight was? For whatever reason... No clue. When those two guys turned on each other, it made me laugh. Like, I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. And then someone says that Anthony Michael Hall just got out of jail... And so he he kind of like politely pushes his way past them to get out. And I was like that's great. That 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 was that's all I needed. That was funny enough.
0: <laughs> he spent maybe 4 and hours in jail. The and then
1: you're right. Yeah. And so then and so then and I guess the bassist bailed him
0: out. The bassist Annie yeah. bailed him out. I will say I did like there was a little moment where she's you know she's sort of waiting for him to come out of jail anxiously. And look, I mean this is just one of those movies where you know from the start that he's with the wrong girl, and the right girl is right beside him. Oh right? yeah, it's the basis. It, yeah, it's, it's Annie.
1: Yeah, the most blatant use it's of that. Super clear. Ever.
0: So she's waiting, kind of expectantly, for him to walk out of jail, sort of hoping, obviously, the look on her face that maybe this is their moment now. And then he looks at her, and then he's just like, chaos. He's more excited to see his dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that that got a laugh out of me. I like that joke. Yeah, okay. And then, yeah, he's the, the next thing you know, they're, they're walking back to the house and there's this big uproar. There's like a professor there. He's got like the, the blazer with the, the like uh, corduroy patches yeah. telling him that Sam Jackson, who quit being a mailman because of the dog and then went to work for the water company and immediately got assigned to go dig up some sewer pipes yes. at the very same house, where, by the way, in that scene... The dog is looking at Sam Jackson on the ground with a shotgun, which, (laughs) yeah, I don't, it it was Sam Jackson's gun, right? I think so. Yeah. But the dog, you know, he just set it down and suddenly the dog is like laying there, like looking at him with a shotgun. (laughs) Okay. And so Sam Jackson just quits. Right. And so that's the whole scene exists to set up this at the end that when then, I guess the next person came in to excavate the dirt to put in these new sewer pipes or whatever, they found some huge archaeological discovery, a statue, which you got to help me here because I know like the bass player and the drummer at one point walked off with Venus, Julius's Venus statue. Yeah. Did they bury it in the yard? Yes. Is that what happened? Okay. So it was his statue. It
1: was his statue. Don't ask me why. Cause at the beginning of the movie, he says it's because of know. her that,
0: that I got all this. Yeah, that's right. And the statue is worth millions. Yeah. And so now he has enough compl- to win the bet. I completely
1: forgot, forgot why they buried the statue. I have no clue.
0: Yeah. <sighs> I, who knows? Don't know. Um, so now he has enough money to win the bet. And, of course, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be with her. Or she says something. Right. She's terrible again. Buffer bid well. Yeah. Um, and he ends up with the basis. They kiss. And then we cut to... Hail Caesar now playing a song that is like in a totally different genre. Like it's like a soul song where everybody's just like snapping their fingers and he's singing about love and there's a bunch of people watching him.
1: Yeah. And one of his uh, actual real life bandmates, I think, the guy who wrote all the songs in the movie, I think, is the guy sitting next to him now. Yes, Herbie. And and this this is their music
0: video. It is. The closing credits is just this music video. Yeah. Um, I will say that guy for a second, the guy beside him, he's got these weird kind of dreads. Mm-hmm. I had a flash. I was like, please, God, tell me that's the singer, Zach, from uh, yeah. Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> <laughs> my head would explode, yeah. and this would have been the most worthwhile experience in my oh, life, yeah. if that's the case. I don't think it is, no. unless Zach De La Rocha has a, a really weird pseudonym. in him. No, uh,
1: yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh,
0: So that is the movie in a nutshell. That is the movie. Um, Yeah, if you want more plot, you go watch it. Um, I thought what might be interesting here is let's talk. I want to go back to Pulp Fiction and talk about 1994 a little bit because, you know, we've talked. In fact, you recently in episode 13 talked about how movies have sort of, you know, it just seems like a general thing that movies now are way more grounded You know, we're like the continual search for like putting what is real on screen Mm -hmm. is sort of what is defining this decade, I think. Even even in like look at Star Wars, like the latest Star Wars, like these movies are meant to be grounded, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 1994 was not necessarily the case, all right? So let's, I want to, I got a list here, Craig. Mm -hmm. I got the top 10 box office movies in 1994. I'm going to test your memory a little bit. Number 10 is? Forrest Gump no completely wrong it was Pulp Fiction actually right yeah okay number nine is The Mask Mm -hmm. oh yeah okay pay, pay attention to that one number eight is Speed number seven Clear and Present Danger number six Back Again Jim Carrey Dome and Domer oh wow yeah number five any guesses as to what number five is
1: no
0: The Flintstones oh wow Number four, the Santa Claus. Oh jeez. Number three, true lies. Number two. Uh, okay, you guess number two. <laughs> uh, my only guess for you number know, two okay. is Forrest Gump. Right, okay. Yeah. So you know that's gotta be number one or number I, I, it's two. It's gotta
1: be number one. I feel like. Uh, you're right. It is number
0: yeah. one. Number two was a Lion King. Okay. Not far behind. Um and also of note, number sixteen. I didn't freaking remember this at all. Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Oh wow! So if this is to be believed, Box Office Mojo, right. Jim Carrey had three comedies in, in the, the top, top 20, twenty that year.
1: I can believe that.
0: Insane. That
1: guy hit, and he hit hard.
0: And when you put that with the Flintstones, and this, I'm going to go, I'm going to include the Santa Claus yeah. as well. Sure. These were much broader times comedically. Yeah. By far. Yeah. And so, I, I didn't, because I went and looked it up too, like, Hail Caesar reminds me of like a like some of those Adam Sandler early movies, right? Kind of, yes. Well, at least as far as like the plot is concerned of, like, I think it was, you know, like there was Billy Mann like, you know, you got to go to school if you want this money yes. or something like that. You know, they were like, I got to have the happy Gilmore was, he's got to have the money to save his grandma's home or something like yeah. that. And I feel like there was a string of those movies that used that plot device, which is sort of what Hail Caesar is built upon. And yet, this one did not hit at all. Right. Um, so, and so, I thought... No, no you
1: finish your thought.
0: Well, I was going to say, I thought it might be interesting to, yeah, kind of look at these movies and figure out, like, why. Like, what about this movie, which is extremely broad? Yeah. What... Makes this not as funny as I—I I mean, Dumb and Dumber. I would, you know, put sometimes it's in my top ten of all Absolutely. time. I love that movie. It's hysterical. I
1: still—I still think Carrie should have gotten like an Oscar for that. If anyone should have gotten a comedy a Oscar, yeah, I could see that. I mean, cause his his performance in that is co- just consistent and really funny.
0: Continue what you were saying. Let's talk broad comedy versus whatever the comedy is in Hell Caesar. Right.
1: So. That's the thing. I, I guess I don't want to sound like I'm giving Hail Caesar too much credit.
0: I don't think you can, can you? Because, I mean, the movie is, like, basically wiped off the face of the earth. So give yeah. it, give it well, credit. Well, I mean, Go
1: well, I, and I guess this is the thing. It's like, what I expected going in, I mean, of course I didn't expect a lot. Because if this movie was great, it would be with Dumb and Dumber. And I mm-hmm. would have watched it a thousand times. But going into it, I still felt like, okay, this is Anthony Michael Hall... Who has been in some of the best comedies of the past decade? Yeah, he's going to know how to kill days. He's going to know how to put a comedy together. He's got one of the sharpest wits I've seen in a young performer up until that point.
0: He should know what works. And I would say specifically, as I mean, it looks like he's an improver. I mean, yeah. I and I don't I know. I don't have the facts. Yeah, it just seems that way based on those John Hughes movies and stuff like that. So, and I've watched—you would think—I actually
1: watched a bunch of uh, interviews with him. I think it was around the time that he was uh, in the Dead Zone, his TV series, right? Um, and I mean, on all those things, like he—he's so fast. Like he's just—he's sometimes he's faster than the host. Like it's just. <laughs> like you can get kind of uncomfortable. Right. Like, you, you know?
0: Yeah. I think I actually, if I had an expectation for him as a director, it's how do I set up my scenes to um, facilitate that, Right. that improv that I do very well, that I can kind of oversee and just sort of, I mean, in some ways I'm like, dude, should he have made this as a mockumentary? Like, right. is there a, a sort of like Christopher Guest movie in him or a version of this that would have worked that yeah. way? But, that obviously, that's not what we've got. Right. So, well, um, and
1: my, my feeling is, um, you know, maybe a part of the mix is uh, that he overestimated what he had or what he could do, yeah. maybe. Uh, you know, maybe this is at a point, like, he had just done this movie, Johnny B. Good. It didn't do very well either. So, he he's kind of waning. Maybe a lot of people don't mm-hmm. want to make movies with him at that moment. And so, he wants to go do this thing. But there's this part of me that wants to believe...
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: and I think just I, I just generally will believe that believe some in. part of this movie some part of the soul the DNA of this movie is from Robert Downey Sr. and ah. uh, I watched a movie of his a long time ago called Chafed Elbows have you ever seen that?
0: I ha- I don't know that I've seen any of his yeah. He's, I've never seen Putney's uh, Swope, Putney Swope which I think is like the yeah, big that's his big, the one, big, right? big dog which I is disgusting we got have, have, have a yeah we gotta have a senior film festival yeah. in these days <clears throat>
1: So Chafed Elbows is a comedy. As I remember, none of it is actual motion picture. It's all stills. It's like stills and wow. voiceover of characters talking.
0: And it's a comedy. And it's a comedy. Wow. And okay. so
1: it's, it, it, you know, it, it certainly can feel very uh, uh, unconnect, disconnected at times. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it, it was also very broad but I think it was also at a time when very broad comedy was being done in sort of that formal, broad comedy way. And, and really what reminded me of it, besides the fact that he was in the movie, which, which I, was, I was hoping was sort of a tip-off, like we're actually we're, we're kind of taking this mold of how comedies are being made right now, and I'm just kind yeah. of putting whatever the heck, you know, whatever I want to put into it, which is what the Robert Downey Sr. movies feel like. It's just like right. bizarre stuff will happen. I feel like things like Chafed Elbows works better than Hail Caesar, maybe because of the time, maybe because of the context, I don't know exactly what it is, but um the bizarreness of Chafed Elbows works as a comedy when stuff in there happens that's bizarre, it's f- it's just generally funny. There's not maybe as much attitude in it or 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 um Personality, I guess maybe you would say.
0: Well, I think that's interesting because it's almost yeah. Like even hearing you say that now, it does like you can sort of see where it. Some of the straight plot just it does feel forced in there versus some of these moments that are kind of inspired. If they were in a different movie, perhaps of just pure lunacy. Like I'm thinking of, there was the scene with the the original floor manager guy, um, who. You know, when Michael Hall comes in to sort of do his interview process, basically, to start work at the, at the Eraser Factory, mm-hmm. um, that guy is, like, super loud, and, like, he's just shouting things, and then, like, he's like, here's your paperwork, fill it out. And so, Anthony Michael Hall is like, do you have a pen? And he's like, we don't have pens down here. We use, our, you know, pencils. Yeah. And then laughs, like, yeah. maniacally. That was one of and those moments. Anthony Michael yeah. Hall laughs yeah. maniacally. And then the lackey laughs maniacally. And it goes on for, like... Uh, you know like a minute and a half or yeah. something like that, you know, and yeah, I think you know you're you're hitting the nail on the head, maybe a little bit as far as like if you remove those from that kind of it's just an uninspired plot like it's it's familiar, I think, and not necessarily the strength of the movie um that he's hanging some of those moments yeah. upon maybe maybe there's something interesting there
1: I would love to know exactly what the history of this is because there are those things that feel so tacked on I mean nothing feels more tacked on to me than at the end when he says to the bassist like well you're my girlfriend you know it's just like what yeah. I mean you kind of see it in coming the, the whole time but it's it's kind of ridiculous but it, it does it does make you wonder you know if someone else was in charge of the money and they were like No, no 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 you got to have some plot points in here you know what did this look like before that I I don't know. It seems like a big mix of a lot of elements that probably just didn't mix very well together.
0: In my head, I'm always like, "Well, it's Anthony Michael Hall's directing it, and it's his music, and like he probably just had free reign on this to do whatever right. he wanted to." But maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe there was somebody forcing his hand yeah. a little bit,
1: or or maybe he just lost confidence in it, you know, and just and, be, and you know, yeah. just who knows? Um, uh, I, I I still feel like you know, if you're if you're an adventurous uh, movie watcher. Check it out. I mean, there's there's stuff you Agreed. you you could stand to see.
0: Well, let's talk about that specifically. Yeah. Was there anything that jumped out for you um, as far as uh, anything that got like real laughs from you? The, yeah, this, the the strongest stuff to me. I
1: actually really like the idea of Sam Jackson's character. Like, <laughs> <Okay>. I <laughs> loved the fact that he's this mailman who all he wants to do is quit, so he never has to see this dog again, and then. He yeah. gets a new job, and they send him right back. That worked well for me. It was mostly <laughs> little stuff, though, kind of like that. There, w- there was a moment where I think Anthony Michael Hall is getting in a fight with those, the guys in the factory, and somebody grabs out a, or maybe he grabs out a fire extinguisher, cut yes. to, he walks into somebody's He's office covered. completely covered in the foam. And, and, like, the timing of those things was beautiful.
0: It was really good and he played it straight. Like yeah. that's I wrote that was my one big thing that I thought was a genuine laugh for me. It was like just the way he walked into the office yeah. as if nothing was uh, you know abnormal about the fact that his entire body minus his eyes is covered in his phone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. This is probably very very debatable. I kind of liked Robert Downey Jr. I mean, yes. it makes it, it in within the context of the whole movie. Yeah. Like, no, it's it's completely from a different world, yes. let alone yeah. film.
1: That I mean, yes, but uh, I, it's just, I agree. It's so nuts. I totally agree. Yeah. It's it's to me, I feel like I'm watching a one just just like one take. Like you come in, oh, we're gonna do yeah. one take, and just give me everything it's pretty you close. can give me. And it's yeah, it's it's just. Robert Downey Jr. just trying to be as charming as possible and, and weird and out there. And a lot of that performance in that scene also reminded me of his dad's stuff. And so that, yeah. like, I mean, there's so much that's over the top to the point where you're just like, oh, like, I, I can't even keep watching this.
0: Oh my God. They're like moshing kind of, but at like one point, Anthony Michael Hall just, just like kind of like slap pushes him. Like takes him by the head and like throws him on the ground. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like, this is the guy that's potentially going to give you a record contract. And it's like, there's no reason that he does it. He just does it. And then the next thing they're like hugging and like dancing. Mm. Um, but I, there was a line where, like, I know Robert Downey Jr. is just saying, "Like, w- what color is your hair exactly?" And Anthony Michael like doesn't miss a beat, just because mellow yellow. And I, yes, <laughs> like that made me laugh. I thought that was a good. Well, line. Well, that's the thing too, um, you
1: know. And, and that was another thing. Uh, like I was uh, trying to set up at the beginning of the podcast, talking about that first initial impression of him when he's performing, and I feel like, oh, like he's going to be this super cool guy mm-hmm. through the whole thing. And I feel like the more we went on, the less I felt that way. Like the more I felt like he was he you was know. playing an underdog, and he was like fully into that. And I was just like, oh, like I I, I kind of kept liking him more and more, even though the movie wasn't hooking me.
0: Here's the, here's a question I wanted to talk about. Just um, like I, I I noticed something, that I thought maybe kind of a cool way to talk about the choices that you make, specifically in writing, because I think this is probably where it came about, yeah. and. I want you to help me think of a better answer than it was just a random decision, okay? So, these three things are connected, right? Um, And this is, the only reason I could see them being in the movie is because they are connected. Uh, The name Julius Caesar, Mm -hmm. the character name. The band name Hail Caesar, which obviously is the title name. And the fact that his parents were archaeologists. And by the way, we failed to mention the shot of the framed newspaper clipping that tells us that his parents were devoured by cannibals when he was four years old. Kind of amazing. <laughs> I was thinking about this too, because I was like, well, why, why is this character named Julius Caesar? And I was like, oh, because his parents are archaeologists. Okay. But why, why make the parents archaeologists because they're not even in the movie? It's like, oh, because at the end... Okay, but... but okay, so but the band is named Hail Caesar because the character is named Julius Caesar. And I, I'm kind of wondering... Which do you like which decision do you think he made first on that front? Do you, the band name or the title or the fact would it be cool if his parents were archaeologists? Yeah, oh if his parents are archaeologists, oh dude, we could name him Julius Caesar. <laughs> I got it. The name of the band is Hail Caesar, that's what we'll call the movie. Or did it start well maybe he's named Julius Caesar because, you know, he's got this characteristic to him, which he doesn't right. at all. Like there's nothing about like the actual Caesar. Um Any any ideas on that front? As far as if you were because that is what I was thinking about. Like as a writer, you sit down. Names are hard. I always go back and change names. I try not to go with my first one.
1: I'll say this: my feeling is I've written several terrible scripts, and most of those were at the very beginning. And I feel like Mm -hmm. I would I would do things where it was like, um, you know, what's the weirdest name I can come up with. Right. And, just, and I'll just name the first guy that, and then uh, we'll just take off from there. Like, I could see the name, the Julius Caesar Magruder coming first. He's going to introduce himself <laughs> as that, because it's still a good joke. Okay. It's still like, it's a good, it's a good uh, enough okay. joke, Yeah, and uh, that's funny. And it's like, well, how does somebody get named Julius Caesar? And then I think that's, then you go archaeologist parents, and right. then, okay, but he's a rock star, so what's a, oh, maybe hail Hail Caesar, that would work. So I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna go with he came up with a character name first and everything else came out
0: first. Okay, I don't know because I I mean, a lot of people, man. I've heard like R.L. Stein won't write a book unless he's got a title. I kind of think, and I also wonder too because he had a band, has bands. If this was like, even if it was just, what's a good name for a band? Oh, Hell Caesar would be an awesome name for a band. Oh, dude, we should write a movie called that. You know, I so I'm gonna say. Maybe it was title first and then he worked backwards from that. Maybe Probably so. name and then parents. But I don't know. But it's interesting. I just thought I was kind of like it'd be kinda of cool to know the evolution. I I
1: guarantee if I ever have a reason to have a conversation with Anthony Michael Hall, that's gonna be my first, that's first question. thing. Yeah, please. I will do. buy you please a drink do. right now. Let's go talk about this. I need to know <laughs> everything that happened. I really want to yeah, know. I
0: would love to. I would like to move on to find out if this movie inspired any ideas for your own writer's cabinet, filmmaker's drawer, my filmmaker's drawer. Well, I, director's pocket. I, I
1: did think about that briefly, and cupboard. I don't have like a really good pitch, but I feel like I would take that Sam Jackson character, and I would just uh, like I would see how long I man. could keep that string of things going on. <laughs> Like There's one thing he I can't stand, and no matter what he does, he just ends dog. up right back in the same place. He's
0: back there again. I, I don't know if that's
1: a short. Yeah, so it seems like went, it might be a short. But
0: Okay, let, let's just think of one concrete example. Yeah. He, in the movie, goes to work for the water company, is immediately sent back to this house with his damn dog. He's digging the shovel. The dog's got the shotgun. He's just talking to himself. It's like, that's it. I yeah. quit. I quit. He, t- t- he takes off the tool belt and walks off the job. Where does he go next? What's another occupation he could have that would send him back to- cable company? I mean, cable company could no. It seems
1: like after that job though, he's going to go for a job that he's like there's no way I don't going have to back. do a
0: house call. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, so yeah. like,
1: you know, maybe like maybe he like I don't know, maybe he joins the army or something. I don't know, I don't know if that's possible okay. at his age. But you join the army, you're like I'm I'm just going somewhere far away <laughs> and then I don't know, this martial law is declared and sure. and and he has to like uh, you know, he's on the ground. Auntie that's Michael his president. region. Yeah. And then I feel like, so once he gets sent back the third time, then I feel like he quits that. The fourth time, he's going to be like a like a dog catcher or something. If this dog is really his nemesis, like, he's going to have to, like, do something to face this head on.
0: But I think, all, does it only work if it's Sam Jackson? <laughs> Maybe.
1: I mean, because it yeah. really, I mean, when he came back, it really worked for me. And it might have just been how pissed off he yeah. was. He was so but mad. But man, it it really, that moment worked so well. Uh <laughs> yeah well did you he, have he any uh, ideas yourself
0: uh, I went with the title again I was just thinking because I do like that title obviously the Cohen brothers <laughs> like it so if it's Can't good be enough for bad. them I don't know what the hell I would do though because of the punctuation like I'm out of options yeah. now you could do, you could yeah, do uh, a hail
1: semicolon Caesar
0: yeah maybe so I was thinking like let's do a rom-com about a taxi driver like a, a Hispanic taxi driver named nice, Caesar nice. right yeah but when you call the cab company, and you quote "Hail Caesar," that's code for you. You you want to hook up? You want a booty Oh, call, nice right? with Caesar. So yeah, yeah with oh, Caesar. Yeah. So it's a bit of that like uh, what is it? Can't buy me? Is it Can't buy me love? That he's like the pizza delivery guy? No, or, I think uh, that's actually like, like Oh, what pizza movie is boy that or something? But it's the same kid, right? It's not called Pizza Boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Patrick Patrick yeah. Dempsey. People are gonna kill us Sorry. right now. Um, so yeah, it's Lover about, boy. You know Caesar. Clever boy, Caesar wants to be more than just the gigolo that's getting hailed. Oh yeah, that's rough. And so it's it's about that, and he also, you know, he wants to be uh, a male stripper, and then just turns into Magic Mike. No, I don't know. Um, I I think you
1: got a lot of good options. There's something with that title. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I think that's just the basic setup, and you go from there. Um, but that's it. Anything else on Hail Caesar?
1: No, not nothing of any real importance
0: I don't think so we'll try to get some clips up for you so you can check <clears> out <throat> some of the lunacy and yeah if you've seen the movie if you find it if you got something to say please let us know we'd love to hear I think there's a lot to talk about with this one and uh, yeah we're rooting for you Anthony Michael Hall come on right back on, man we miss you. right on
1: well uh, should we talk about what we're gonna do next time let's, let's, do, let's it. do it All right, I've got a list of movies here. I'm struggling yes. with which one to say first cuz I don't know if you'll have heard of any of these. I can't guarantee I have, yeah. Uh, okay.
0: But remember, you can throw me a a, a year and a name, right? We're doing that? Uh, yes, I'm going to do okay, all that. Good. Stuff. Boom.
1: So, okay. All right, I'll tell you what. I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to throw this one out there. This this could be this could be super iffy, but I'm I'm kind mm-hmm. of interested in this one. Like super iffy Okay There's a movie Called The Veil It's a 2016 movie Sean Wait what? I'm talking about Yeah The the, the shine is still on this one. Oh my god Yeah We're gonna have to go outside to, like see it in the theater or No no, no 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 You're gonna play it right on oh, Netflix god. Yeah sorry I didn't mean to scare you This is <clears throat> This uh, stars Jessica Alba uh, Lily Rabby, Re- Lily Robbie, Lily Rob.
0: I'll stop you right there. No, yeah. I've
1: never heard of this. And Thomas Jane. I love Thomas Jane. And it is directed by Phil Genot. No. Do you
0: know Phil Genot? Of Genot and Caro, guys? City Lost Children? No, no, no. No. It's that like Jean Pierre Genot or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, no, no. Okay. Not, not, not that guy. It, it might Whew, be uh, Phil Genot. I may be just mangling the <laughs> uh, pronunciation. But this is the same guy who directed one of my favorite movies of all time which is called 3 o'clock Police high. Academy 3. 3 o'clock oh, high. I love 3 o'clock high. Yes. The crazy Let's watch fight this movie. movie. Yes. Yeah. Love that movie. Okay. Oh,
0: I'm super excited. So this is 2016. 2016 horror Jessica movie. Jessica Alba the, the veil. veil.
1: And 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 I, I don't know. I have a lot of high hopes for it. We'll see what happens.
0: So uh, before we go, let me say thanks again to Nancy Putnam for suggesting Hell Caesar. Nancy, uh, keep them coming. Uh, everybody else, keep them coming. We'll we'll do these periodically. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Try to find those things that uh, have some name actors that we should have seen because I think that's always fun to talk about in the context of careers. Indeed. It's hard having a career, man. It is. <laughs> it is damn hard. It is. <laughs> uh, yeah, find us online. Any last words, Craig?
1: Uh, let's all be good to each other out there. Hugs. Hugs all around. Hug someone. Hug a stranger.
0: Nah, not during flu season. Fair enough. All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.